The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. You don't really put reading glasses on either? I, I didn't, I don't know if I really realized that. No corrective lenses. Wow, that's None. impressive, that's you know. You know, for an old timer like yourself, that is pretty good. 99 minutes later. I can't make out what it is. What does it say? I can't see it. I think I've memorized the eye chart, the F-D-N-R-S-T. I, th- I just remember it. I got glasses up here somewhere. I've worn them before during the show. It did not go well. Looking <laughs> like Jerry Lewis. <laughs> That's a long time ago. Damn. That's a long time ago. I like that style right there. Where's that shirt? Where'd it go? I don't know. Why don't you wear that I anymore? I don't know. I then don't you know. got the top button button. Go back to that. Yeah, That's the I best you've ever looked in your button. life. You Actually, never look better. Top button here. Yeah, go ahead. Do it. Look at that. About That's top button button. Heavier. I don't know that I had top button button. You know, I specifically. What do you mean you don't know? You do not see your top button. See, maybe I was doing it. Maybe I was doing it. everybody. He needs Maybe I was doing it to mess with you. That had to be like six or seven years ago. Man, uh, look at that. I was that. about 25 pounds heavier. And you're I, 25 pounds heavier there? I'd say 20. Really? I don't know. You don't look like you're like I don't know. that much different now than then. I don't know. That looks to me Your like, hair's darker. I know that. That looks to me like 27. Can we take that off the goddamn <laughs> screen, please? Don't take it off. Let's leave. God. In fact, I think we should sprinkle that on every minute for the rest of the, the show. Like once a minute. We, I, once we I wore show my it. Howie Roseman shirt yeah, today. Great. I'm happy for him. And his pants, too. No, the pants oh. fit. Oh, those The fit? shirt doesn't. Okay. The, yes. shirt, the shirt is definitely from the days that I was like creeping up on 200. Right. Right. Because there's plenty of room here. There is plenty of room. I think I could fit somebody else inside this You need shirt. to get in the weight room again. Jeez. Hey, I'm, I'm still doing my <laughs> 50 push-ups. And not today, though. Okay. Uh, hard. To, I don't. Yeah, I don't, you can't I don't, do it I'm now. not. I, I respect anybody that has that commitment that yeah. they're going to work out when they travel. Got to get my workout in. Got to get my workout in. I hate I'm not like working that. out on the road. You know why? Because when I sweat, like when I get a real heavy sweat, it stinks. Yeah. I mean, I, I've gotten, I've, you got, I've got the self-awareness <laughs> to know that it is a stinky, 
stanky, nasty, so wet. So you don't want to do that to anybody at the hotel. Dog. Well, I don't want to have a bag of nasty, oh, stinky stuff. clothes right. that I got to haul around. Right. Like, I don't care what you do with that. I don't care what you put it in. Unless you, like... You gotta put it in like the uh, the, the the plastic cleaning bag from the hotel. I don't think that's enough. And then I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know how stinky you are. I think you, you are, just but, burn them. Yeah, I think. <laughs> but it's that. It's just well, work out in that shirt and burn it later today. All but right? it's just that. <laughs> Get a I new mean, one. you know, Get that back black one back. When when every pore <laughs> on your body is oozing sweat for an hour, it's you know it it becomes. Oh, I trust me. I I mean, yesterday I worked out or no Saturday. And I was literally in the gym going, wait, do I have weed just pouring out of me or what? <laughs> I felt like if you walked by me, people were like, is somebody hitting the bong here? It smelled like it was pouring out of me. Um, so, uh, but yeah, you're, you got to that age and I'm starting to get to the age of like, I, my body smells different too. Like, I'm like, damn, I feel like I got a little bit of an older man smell to me when I smell underneath my armpits. Right. I don't know. For me, it's not because I don't. This isn't a new development. I mean, well, yeah, you've been on for you, a while now. No, I'm so. talking about. I, I think back to. I remember the summer of '88 before I started law school. That was the first time I ever heard the phrase go, "global warming" because it was like 90 degrees every day. Yeah, and I would play a lot of basketball. I was working out a lot. I was running. Like I would be in a full-on sweat two or three times a day, and I'd just go home and you know throw the clothes into the washing machine, yeah. and mom would have to deal with it. But I got to the point by the end of the summer, I had to throw all of my T-shirts away. There was no getting them clean from all the sweat and just all the just body grime. Yeah. Isn't this a lovely? This is great. Your, yeah. Please enjoy your eggs on this Monday morning. All right. Uh, let's get to it. Yeah. Let's. No glasses. Uh, funky old man smell. But but it really, I mean, hey, at least you're working out the toxins, yeah, right? I agree. That's it's good. I, it's better I, that smell be on the outside of your body and gone forever than inside Definitely. Of it. Right. Okay. Agreed. And get that damn shirt back because it looked good. Okay. I, it's around somewhere, but I'm telling you, I could probably put two people in that one too. I, I, the bigger the shirt, the thinner you look. That's why I think yeah. that's like a really big shirt. Yeah. So I'll see if I can find it. Okay. And if I can find it, I'll wear it for you. Good. Sometime this week. Thank you. Fill in the blank. The, and this is based upon the schedule that obviously became available last Thursday. The rookie quarterback most likely to win his week one debut. Most likely to win his week one debut is who? Bryce Young is at the Falcons, where the Panthers are two-and-a-half-point underdogs. C.J. Stroud is at the Ravens, where the Texans are nine-and-a-half-point dogs. Anthony Richardson of the Colts is hosting the Jaguars, where the Colts are three-and-a-half-point underdogs. Who's most likely to win? Well, I mean, you know, first off, we're assuming, right, they're all going to be the starters, which I think we, we all know all these organizations want to make these guys the starters. They, they could say whatever they no, want. No, I think that's part of the guess. You have to guess that they're going to play and yeah. they're going to win. Okay, all right, that's part of the guess. All right, well, either way, I don't like Texans at Ravens, all right? No. No matter who the quarterback is or whatever, so I don't like that. I'm t- the one I'm going to go with here, I'm expecting the Falcons to be an improved football team. I'm going to go with Anthony Richardson. I you know I know the Jaguars are a really good football team. Hear my logic though. I'm gonna one. There's a part of me that thinks the Anthony Richardson adjustment period could be easier than the other two guys. Not saying I think he's gonna be better than the other two guys in year two or year three, but the fact that he's gonna be able to rely on quarterback power right and the run game from the quarterback position, I do think that could make his adjustment to the NFL a little easier that way. Right. And like we always talk about now, you have to worry about defending the quarterback run and they can outnumber you with blockers and all that. So now the pass game look looks are really easy. I'm going to go with that one. I think that that the unknown of what Shane Steichen and the offense is going to look like 
is is an advantage for the Colts and a disadvantage for the Jaguars. I think also you could see Shane Steichen loading the cannon with everything he's got to try to beat Doug Peterson and the Jaguars week one. Just to establish this new day, we're going to turn the page. It may hurt us down the stretch, but we're going all in and all out to win this game. We're going to get everyone focused and driven, and we may have nothing left when it's time to play the Texans the following week, the Ravens after that, and then the Rams. You know, they can get off to an interesting start. Those are some winnable games. For other teams, maybe not for the Colts. But if the Colts are going to be improved, I still got this damn button button. If the Colts are going to be improved, they have a chance to come out of the gates, win some games, build some confidence, and then set themselves up for a stretch run that, look at me. I, I, this gets back to the whole schedule rotations. They've got the NFC South. They've got yeah. one of the weaker divisions in football, and they play in one of the weaker divisions in football. They could win some games. They could make things interesting. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. you are. I think Anthony yeah. Richardson, assuming he starts, but that's oh. part of the calculus, yep. I think he will start, and I think he's got the best chance to emerge from week one with a victory, and we're going to be surprised by it if it happens, but maybe not because I could see the Colts real, and, and I could see the Jaguars having a little bit of a letdown, maybe yeah, taking right. a little while to get started. Sure, right. Thinking they're better than they are. Sure. It's going to be a challenge for Doug Peterson yeah. to get them properly focused. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. And, you know, again, the, the, with that element of the run game with the quarterback and all that, I do think that helps Anthony Richardson. All right, next topic. The second-year starting quarterback most likely to have the best start is who? The choices are Kenny Pickett who's got the 49ers, Browns, Raiders, and Texans to get rolling. Desmond Ritter of the Falcons, who's got the Panthers, Packers, Lions, Jaguars, and Sam Howell, the guy in Washington. They open with the Cardinals at the Broncos, Bills, and Eagles. Those last two games, which uh, second-year quarterback most likely to have the best start? Well, like, easily Kenny Pickett's the best of this group here, right? right? We know he's still young and he's still growing, but he's the best one of the group their offense is better i don't think there's like any denying that you know as far as where they were last year I expect him to be better they've made improvements to the o-line we know they got good receivers friar Muth is a good tight end right to where i expect kenny pickett to, to look good this year now i mean the first game of the year is tough like oh yeah thanks i get to play the best defense in football and the 49ers are the second best behind the eagles right so, so that's not easy but I clearly think that he is in a a little bit of a different class than the other two guys as a player. I don't know what to expect from the other two guys. Sam Howell, we saw in one game that meant nothing for the Cowboys, really. Right? Desmond Ritter, you know, he played what the last three to four, and it was a little all over the place. And it was inconsistent. So, you know, Pickett's the best player there. But I will say, okay, for the sake of if we're talking about wins and losses to have the best start. I'm going to go with Desmond Ritter right here. I don't think he's going to play as high-level football as Kenny Pickett. No way. I don't. But I think the way they're going to play football and run the ball with that offensive line and and then, of course, B. John Robinson, and I expect the Falcons to be one of the more improved teams, and it's Carolina and Green Bay at the start, I'll go with them. Um, but I, like I said, I don't think he's as good a player as Kenny Pickett right now. I'm going to go with Sam Howell. All right. Look, 
I don't know how many different ways the commanders can tell us they believe in Sam Howell. I know. And the X factor in all of this, we talked about the Vikings defense and all the personnel changes, and then we properly focused on Brian Flores. I think the guy that we need to mention as it relates to Sam Howell is Eric Bieniemy. Already I'm hearing very glowing, favorable, positive things about the impact that Eric Bieniemy is going to have on the commanders' offense. Sure. And, you know, it shouldn't have been the situation where he had to go work at a different team as an offensive coordinator to prove that he can get things done without Andy Reid there being in charge of the show. He should have gotten an opportunity to be a head coach just like Matt Nagy and Doug Peterson did before him. They both, they both became head coaches working from under the Andy Reid running the offense tree. Right. But the enemy is going to have a potential impact on that offense that allows them to come out and beat the Cardinals week one. We don't know who the quarterback of the Cardinals is going to be. No. Paul McCoy, no. I suppose. I know. Right. At Denver, let's ride. That's not going to be easy. But they could surprise some people. Sure. They could catch some people off guard. You know, everybody's going to be girding for the Lions this year. The commanders fall into that bucket of teams that people are going to yeah, say. Yeah, might have forgot okay, about Okay, yeah, yeah, you know, we can deal with them. They're yeah. not that good. Eh, maybe they're better than you realize. Yeah. And everybody working for that team is now going to be motivated to convince new owner Josh Harris that their employment should continue beyond this year. That's another factor that kind of pushes it all forward. So I like I'm going to say thoughts. I'm going to say Sam Howell. I, I like your thoughts. I mean, you're, I, I, I'm not I'm not against you there. You're right. I mean, it's, it sets up well. They're a team I think is more talented than people realize. We know the defense is stacked. They improved their secondary a little bit. Their O line was an issue. They 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 put resources in free agency to start uh, help the O line. Right, and then I think you're right with the enemy factor. I mean, they, they have the weapons to be really scary in a enemy type of offense. I mean, you talk about those two, the three receivers they got there, McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, right? You know, the running backs and, and Antonio. Who the, I'm missing one of their receivers, McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and uh, um, Curtis Samuel. Excuse me. Right. So they got. A, I mean, they got they got some guys to play with here and and make this offense look dangerous. It's just about again. That's what's crazy about this conversation and what's crazy about it all together is we have two teams that, you know, went all in on guys and they, they haven't blinked. Then they really did nothing or haven't done anything in the NFL. And they had other options available to them in the offseason. They went, nope, we're staying with these guys. Uh, it's a very interesting aspect of the 2023 season. Yeah, look, I don't know that any of these second-year quarterbacks are going to be great over the long haul. I think Kenny Pickett is the best of them right. so far. Right. And the Steelers, the best team around him. But when you look at that start to the season, 49ers and Browns right out of the gates, it could be tough. There's some but, talent there. But, but the Steelers still are the Steelers, and Mike Tomlin is still the coach. And every time that anyone assumes they're not going to be good, they end up being Pretty damn good, if not great. Toughest part of the Giants' first-half schedule is what? And they play seven of their first 11 games on the road. There was something going around last week that was like some ridiculous number, and it was historic, and it was just wrong. Yeah. Like, all these people had the schedule wrong. I looked at the schedule, and I was like, wait, I don't – everyone's saying seven out of ten games on the road. And I'm like, am I even like – am I stupid? Or is there something here that I'm not getting? Because it was like four to the first eight are home. And then I always yeah. I always tell the writers at PFT, be very careful about what we trust when the schedule leaks come out because some of them are going to be wrong. And the Gi- whatever that, that thing was about the Giants having 7 out of 10 on the road was wrong, but it is 7 on of the first 11 yeah. on the road. Yeah. So it, what it do you to... think the toughest part of their first half left column schedule is? Gosh, I, I, I mean, 
I look at that and just go, when they get to week three, with yep. at Niners Thursday night on a short week, right? I mean, and they're staying out on the West Coast to do that. So, I mean, that's good and it's bad. It's not easy. But then Seahawks at home, at Dolphins, at Bills, and then even Commanders and Jets to round it out there. I mean, holy crap. That, that's, a you know, some six-game stretch right there. So you're that, saying the entire first half. Well, I mean... That stretch there, but I guess if I, I think really, it's three through six. Right. I think that's if the I had key. to be concise. We're going to learn right. a lot about right. the Giants yeah. with three games on the road at the 49ers, Seahawks, at the Dolphins, at the Bills. That's by yeah, the time that be. that game ends, Sunday night, Week Six, the Brian Dayball homecoming game. Yeah, the they could be two and four, and we can Buffalo. go. Uh oh, yeah, right yeah. now if they're three and three or four and four and two or something like that, you go, oh, you know, crap, the Giants are for real. Like, they're, they're, they're real. Like, they're a playoff team. We'll see if they finish off that way. But, yeah, you're right. I think we'll have a good feel after that stretch there. That Thursday night game in San Francisco, I think, is really going to be critical because I think it, that's the pivot point. Right. That really is because yeah. I could see them lose that game to the 49ers and then, you know, you got to dig deep. Seahawks are not going to – they're not going to lay down for anybody. They could come in on that Monday night Definitely and whack not. the Giants and then the you Seahawks go on the road are. twice against a couple of the best teams in the AFC East. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Giants. Giants are gonna have a hard time this year duplicating what they did last year. Look, there's a reason why half the teams that make it to the playoffs don't, don't make, make it, it back. Exactly, and they, they were one of those teams that we kept going. How are they doing this? What are they doing? How? Like, right? I mean, it was the schedule worked out great. They got the early season mojo we talk about, and Dayball and Daniel Jones were just like you know, like we talked about so many Mondays. They just manage games perfectly to where it wasn't sexy, but you're like, oh, they just did the right call on third and four. Oh, you know, right call on second and two. Oh, they punted here. Oh, I mean, they just did the right things all year long. We'll see if they can, you know, replicate that again. I'm going to make one point here that I wrote about over the weekend at PFT, hmm. and it really is odd to me. The NFL added the power to require teams yeah. up to – Twice right. to go Sunday, Thursday. Yeah. And we assumed that that was for the purpose of putting better teams on Thursday Night Football yeah. more often, right. boost the package, get more people to make the flip from traditional TV to streaming as they think about a future in which there will be more streaming deals so they need bigger streaming audiences. Fine. 13 of the 14 teams that made the playoffs last year aren't playing two short week games. 13 of the 14 teams that made the playoffs aren't. And the teams that are, I wrote about this on Friday. And Well, the teams is, that are are like the ones that complained well, a little bit, right? The, 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 and this didn't fall out of the sky. Like, I, I this isn't something I just sat around and thought of. No, no, I know you did. Uh, some of the teams that got the short end of the stick yeah. here are unhappy about it because they see the connection between voting no right. to late season Thursday flexing it. and getting two Thursday night short week it, turnarounds after playing on Sunday. It, it, I, and it popped when up you look at the raw numbers, when you look at the raw numbers, right. it's like, wait a minute, it is disproportionate that you've got multiple teams getting two Sunday to Thursday turnarounds who were against the Thursday night yeah. flexing late in the season. And it just and it also I, I may have made the point on the show last week that there's a hidden competitive reality to this where you're making the Chiefs and the Bills and the Bengals play multiple games with Sunday to Thursday turnaround. And then you've got other teams that don't have to do it at all now. Yeah. Well, 
that's fine if you truly impose on the best and leave alone the worst. But I'll give you two examples yeah. from the NFC. Yeah. The Vikings right. are the only team in the NFC North that doesn't have to do two Sunday to Thursday turnarounds. And the Vikings Sunday to Thursday happens week two. Yeah. They'll be ready for it. Yeah. The other three teams they're competing with all have to do it twice later in the season. Right. And then the Saints and the Falcons, two bitter rivals in the NFC South. Right. The Saints have a pair. I mean, the Saints aren't a marquee team right now. No. They have a pair of Sunday to Thursday turnarounds. The Falcons don't even have a primetime game this year. Right. They have no Thursday night game. Right. They have a London game. Okay, that happens. But that and, – and these two teams are going to be competing for the division title. And that is a real issue. I mean, there's a reason why it was just one per team every year. It smooths out any competitive disadvantage. Now, there's – Again, if it's the best and the worst, if the best are being imposed upon and the worst are getting a pass, that's on the on the margins. We're getting into the cluster of the middle, yeah. and we're imposing on some and One, not others, yeah, and right. that, that is going to be a potential Definitely. competitive reality that undermines the integrity of the season. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. I mean, it, it is. It's now, listen, I, I, I have compassion, and I feel I, I know it's not easy to make the schedule, and there's a lot of moving parts and whatever else, but you're right. It does not the seem... Whole idea, the whole idea of yeah. doing the, the two Thursday nights was to get the per big team marquee is to, I thought, to put and, better games yeah, in. Yeah, right, I know. 13 of the 14 teams that made the playoffs last year, yeah. they, 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 no, no, no double up. On, Mon- on Sunday to Thursday. It makes no sense. Yeah, it's a valid point. The only thing I can think about with that is just that the NFL saved a lot of those teams for Sunday night and Monday night, right? And the 425s, where I'm sure the other big networks really wanted to save those. That's the only thing I can think of to maybe why it bounced to Thursday night a little bit that way. It, it just It's just unusual yeah. that they had that power yeah. and they didn't use it more. It does seem either way that they the tried to get those guys back that said no or voted no. Well, and yeah, and they're, they're voting back. again. It just seems fishy. Next, I don't yeah, know if that's real. It just it seems fishy. They're voting again within the next couple of weeks. I have a feeling some of those no's are going to flip the yes when they realize <laughs> there may be a downside to persisting in the position against the Thursday night flexing. Resistance is indeed futile when it comes to that. Let's go ahead and take a break. We cannot resist the clock. Will the Jets get some extra commitment from Aaron Rodgers soon? Hey, oh, hey, look at that guy there. Whoa, hey, forget about I'd it. I make this trip all the way up here, and this is how I get treated. This is how you get treated. This is, yeah, I'm well, never coming back. Welcome to freaking New York, you mofo. Or, yeah, you're here. That's Are we at right. break yet? Because I really want to drop an F-bomb. Uh, Pete, cut to break. I'm excited about being here. I expect to be here uh, for the duration of the offseason, just to get to know the guys and put together some fun events to start that team building, which I think is really important this time of year. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's what the ayahuasca will do. Zach Wilson. Hey, look, this is part of the play. Not going to get a lot of milfs there that, with that the, look right there. Thank you very much. This is part of the play that the Jets are trying to do here. It is get a short-term boost via Aaron Rodgers yeah. and long-term yes. develop franchise quarterback in the form of Zach Wilson by getting him properly schooled in how to do what he needs to do. Right. I really wonder how well they're going to get along when they're pressed into the same space on a regular basis. I wonder if somebody makes a snarky comment or something, something. I, mean, I don't I mean, think so. Can Zach Wilson truly suppress competitive yeah. nature and how's that going to click with Aaron Rodgers? How's Zach Wilson going to – 
going to conduct himself? Is he going to keep his mouth shut? I mean, he's in a tough spot. Jordan Love was able to do what needed to be done because yeah. he had never been the starter there. Right. Zach Wilson's been the starter. Yeah. And then he's been thrown aside. And now he's expected to sit and wait while Aaron Rodgers runs the team for as long as he wants to. Is it going to be one year? Is it going to be two years? God forbid it's going to be three years because then the Zach Wilson era never starts. But I think that's one of the big keys. How long is this going to last? One year or two years? That has a huge impact on Zach Wilson, sure. especially because if it's two years, that runs through yeah. his rookie deal. Right. And I doubt they're picking up his fifth-year option I after this season. I wouldn't think so, right. No, you're right. I wouldn't think they are either. So, you know, one, hey, to your first part of that, I think they're going to get along just fine. You know, the way it works in the NFL locker room, building, whatever – we already know who the king is. He's walking around with no f- shoes on the first day. So he's the king. That's going to be made apparent to everybody, even a guy like Zach Wilson. Two, I think Zach Wilson's smart enough to realize kind of what we talked about you know, earlier in the show. He's never really had the guy or a guy really be able to show him and go like, no, no, this is how you want to be the man. This is how you work on a Wednesday or a Tuesday. I think it's all going to be positive. This is his idol growing up. Right is is Aaron Rodgers, so I think he's going to take a back seat here and just try to digest it all and learn from Aaron Rodgers. But but like we said, you know, and it's something I've been saying, Mike. I think this is the reason they were a little bit all in on the Rodgers thing and didn't go other avenues. I think they're trying to kill the two birds with one stone, like you've heard me say, where it's like, yeah, we can get Aaron Rodgers, he can win right now, and maybe this can salvage Zach Wilson in the long term for us too. Because like we've talked about, Zach Wilson is the type of guy that you know teams don't want to see him go somewhere else. They've seen him do some things on the field and the practice field where they go, that could come back to bite us in the butt at one point uh, if he's on another football team. And I think they'd like to make it work. I'm still surprised he didn't jostle to get out. Yeah. There was the report from Jay Glazer of Fox right after that Thursday night debacle against right. the Jaguars right. that they're done with Wilson. Right. And then it started to push back the other way, and I thought, well, Wilson's going to be a key factor in all of this, and he has never said anything to suggest he's not all in. I'm surprised he still wants to be part of it the way he's been treated. And look, it's, it's nobody's fault. It happens. Yeah. Stuff happens. Yeah. But I would think that he would want a fresh start. I wouldn't have been shocked. You're right. But this is the closest thing he's going to get with Aaron Rodgers there to show yeah. him the ropes. And we'll see how much Aaron Rodgers actually does it. How much is it lead by example? How much of it is, hey, Zach? Come do this. Right. Hey, Zach, come do that. Yeah. I think Aaron Rodgers is more inclined to lead by example. I think so, too. And trust the kid's smart enough to watch. The kid's got to follow. Learn. The kid's got to be – got to be like a puppy dog. you got to be a puppy dog. You can't bother him. You can be like, hey, what are you doing now? What are you doing now? You just stay in the background and follow him everywhere. That's like what I would do with Brad Johnson. Like he would, he would walk around and get lunch, and I'd be like 20 steps behind him. And I'd be like, okay, what's he going to do? And I'd kind of slow play it, and I'd, go, I'd see him walk in the quarterback room to watch start watching film, and I'd go, well, damn, I'm just going to follow him in there and do that, and I'll watch film with him, see what he's doing, right? And th- that's where you just you got to be, a, you gotta be a, a leech almost and just try to absorb everything you can. There was some reporting over the weekend that the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers are still working on his contract. You could either defer to those reports from unnamed sources, or you could go straight to the source from last week – when Joe Douglas, the GM of the team, told me on the record, on the air, that they are working on the Aaron Rodgers contract. Have hey, a sources listen. say they're working on Have it. Have a listen. Here's the source. <laughs> we knew at the end of the trade that uh, Aaron and Green Bay needed to work some things out. We didn't know the exact ramifications. It was just important to us 
that the uh, cap number wasn't going to go higher than it was at the time that we, we agreed to it. And we didn't know that it was actually going to go down to the minimum. So when they redid the deal, um, you know, we saw the new number, knew that, uh, saw that it was, it was low for this year. Um, you know, we're still, we're still working on, um, uh, restructuring aspects of the deal as we speak, but, uh, we feel like we're in a really good place. And is it accurate that all you owe him currently without any further contractual adjustment is the minimum salary for this season? Yeah. So he as part of the restructure, uh, prior to the trade, he went down to the minimum. So basically the $58.3 million option bonus, all of that got kicked into next year. Everything was kicked into 2024. That's part of what Rodgers did for the Packers to reduce the cap charge that they'd be dealing with. Because what would have happened is they would have taken a cap hit for this year for the portion of the option bonus, like $14 million or so, and then they would have gotten credit for it next year. They've avoided that. So now what you have is... Which is another reason why I want to go, why did they agree to the first round conducive pick of all that there? Because... Rodgers and everybody, again, they had more power and leverage in this situation. That's right, because Rodgers could have said, you got to just got to deal with it. Deal with it. I just, I just, that's the one part I don't get. Sorry to throw you off there. So what happened was Rodgers, as Joe Douglas said, is all the way down to the minimum, 1.165 million. That's all he's on the books for right now as an employee of the New York Jets. (laughs) But what's next year? With (laughs) 107.55 million next year. Damn, put it on my tab. So what they have to figure out, and it's all guaranteed too. Yeah, right. So what they have to figure out is how much of that goes into this year, how much of that stays next year, and that's critical because if he's only going to play one year, right, right, you want the 58-3 this year or something close to it this year. Yeah. The less – that moves to 2023 and stays in 2024, more the more likely right. he's back for 24. Right. Right. There's also the possibility, and I don't think I made this clear when I wrote about it. I may have mentioned it, but I know that there's a thought that Aaron Rodgers is just going to say to his agents, cut that number down as a favor to the Jets. Just cut it down. I want less. Give them more money. I don't need it. Give them more money to find other help for me while I'm here. So it's also possible that when the dust settles, this 1.165 plus 107.55, whatever that is, it's about 109.2. The total is going to be less over the next two years. Wow. And, And it'll be a certain amount he makes this year and a certain amount next year if he plays next year. But that structure, however they work this out, it's going to be very telling. Because remember, at his introductory press conference, when he was asked about one year, two year, well, I'm just focused on this year. Then he's off to the side, and he says, oh, I made a commitment. The contract is going to tell us everything. Yeah, The contract is. is going to make it clear, or it could make it clear, that he's made the commitment for two years. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be fascinated. I'm, I'm fascinated to see what happens here. This is definitely a uh, big aspect of this trade and the future of Rodgers and everything there to go along with it. And, I mean, money, I mean, gosh, that's a lot of money. I know. Holy crap, Ola. He's got a ton of money. We, right? I, don't, I mean, I can't even guess. Rodgers, I'm sure, has a few hundred million dollars, right? Somewhere in that range. Still, this is a big chunk to, you know, take off or whatever number he might take off to make it easier on the Jets. But I will say this, even with this contract that he's involved in right now, with the like, this wasn't, I don't think, ever about, like, money, money. This He wanted this last contract for them to – to have some power and protect themselves with Green Bay so they couldn't just do whatever they wanted with them. So 
You know, that, that's where I guess I could see him, you know, lessening the number a little bit, you know, just for the Jets and to make this do the next two years. Well, I think he understands that it will get him some significant brownie points once the media figures uh-huh. out that he's taking less, if he does take less. Again, yeah. the agents are going to be telling him don't take less, but he may decide at the end of the day, I run the show here and I'm willing to do yeah. the Jets a favor here right. and lay the foundation for next year too. But they're working on it. We know that now because Joe Douglas said it. When it's finalized, that could be a very key point in understanding, is it a one-year or two-year thing? And the guy who's going to be paying the most attention to all of it is Zach Wilson. Because if it's a two-year thing, that changes his life dramatically. And he may end up becoming an unrestricted free agent. Or, and the Jets may right. have to sign him right. in competition with others to yeah. get him to stick around after two years of Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a very real possibility. And it might be like something we talk about a lot, right? Where it's just like... Yeah, maybe it comes to the end of that year four and they find a nice little two-year deal that makes sense. And, you know, they sit here and go, wait, wait, we're ready. Rodgers is retiring. We think you've made the gross. Here it is. Who else is going to let you have this opportunity, right? Or you know we love you, right, like Daniel Jones and Jordan Love. So why go anywhere else? Why would you want to do anything? You know we like you. We've we've kept you here through some tough times. I think that's probably what they're planning on or or trying to make happen here. I hope a year from now, if Rodgers is staying, and they're up against the fifth-year option yeah. for Zach Wilson. Right. I hope Wilson doesn't agree to some Band-Aid like Jordan Love did. Yeah. I think that's a unique situation right. that should not be duplicated very often because what Wilson needs to say next year is, pick up the option or don't. Yeah. And if you don't, I'll be a free agent next year. Because w- w- what benefit does he have in getting a little extra money to be on the bench? Just take what you're due to make and then become a free agent and let someone else offer you the yeah. opportunity to go in and compete to be the star. Yeah, yeah. I and, guess I got, maybe the Jets will too. Maybe right. the Jets will make a competitive offer. Yeah, that's what I think. That's where I think it could happen. And I, I think, honestly, that's probably the, the best way to do it. Yeah, get, get done with year four. Hey, you're free, but you know we like you, and we're probably going to pay you more money than anybody else will, and we're got you have a chance to be the starter. That's what they're going to sell, right? And I don't think anybody's going to sell that to Zach Wilson right now or two years from now without him playing very much. Let's take a break. There is finally a signed agreement between Josh Harris Whoa. and Daniel Snyder, an exclusive deal to sell the Commanders. What happens next? We'll tell you that when PFP Live continues right after this. The deal is signed. Josh Harris buying the Washington Commanders from Daniel Snyder for $6.05 billion. Ding dong, the witch is dead is what Commanders fans will be singing after this one. It's ticker tape parade time. Look at what they've done or not done in the playoffs. I'm surprised they made it to the postseason eight times during his tenure. That's surprising to see that 2-8 and eight playoff record. But two playoff wins since he bought the team in 1999, it was. And uh, look. It's, uh, that, that part of it's great. People can't wait for him to be out. I've, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen it. I, no. I, know, I know some Commander fans. And everything. It, no, it's just thrilled. jubilee they're everywhere. Thrilled. It really is. But he, here's the concern I would have. Yeah. If I were the Commander's fan and I would be trying to look for the thing that would give me potentially concern moving forward. Right. Because at the end of the day, you want somebody who's going to own the team the right way. You want somebody who's got the cash to come in and properly manage things and make us competitive with – the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Giants, the other teams in the NFC, and ultimately whoever emerges from the AFC is the champion there. There's been enough reporting about some issues with the deal 
Yeah, I saw that this suggest little. maybe Josh Harris is right on the line of having enough money right. to pull this off. Right. And maybe they're going to have to look the other way on a few things to pull this off. Oh, wow. Maybe they're going to have to bend some rules right. or disregard some regulations to pull this off. But the reality is, at the end of the day, if 24 or more of the owners are going to vote for it, they can do whatever they want. Yeah. They, they could they – could, change enough of the rules that you or I could be the owner. They could just disregard the requirement of 30% equity ownership when you buy the team. But there's issues with debt and how the debt is financed and the number of limited partners is going to slow this down because there's so many of them. Now it's fewer than the maximum, but there's so many people that have to be vetted. They're probably not going to get, get this done before the next league meeting later this month in Minneapolis, although they'd like to get it done. I I just... I saw the report from the Washington Post over the weekend, and the quote that got my attention was basically, but for the desire to get rid of Dan Snyder, this deal wouldn't be approved. Yeah, right. And it makes me wonder, are they going to jam it through just to get rid of Snyder, and then is somebody going to wake up someday and say, we shouldn't have approved this deal? And is a Commanders fan going to say, man, we aren't much better than we were, I wonder why that is. Oh, maybe it's because the guy who bought the team is over leveraged. Yeah. He doesn't have the cash yeah. and isn't able to go out and be competitive with signing bonuses right. and cash flow. Right. That look, and I don't want to. I don't want to well, rain what, on the what parade. Is, what is it? Do you know the element of what where it's missing or doesn't meet regu- normal regulations as far as owners buying a team? There's something about his debt being secured by other businesses. They've allowed it in the past for limited partners. Gotcha. But to have the, the majority debt, and just to be at the point where he has to ask for it that that's my that's my concern right to not be able to just write the check i mean bezos shows up he's just writing the check right this guy's got to actually put a deal together to make it happen right. he's got to go out and get magic johnson and mitchell rails mitchell rails got the thing over the top i get the impression without mitchell rails one of the various billionaires who we don't know who they are until they get involved in a sports team yep. or politics, one of the two ways for rich people to become famous, it wouldn't have been enough to get Josh Harris in position to yeah, do this. Right. So Harris has been flirting with the idea of doing it. He was willing to pay $5 billion for the Broncos if he would have gotten them for $5 billion. The reality is whatever he would have bid for the, bill, uh, for the Broncos, the Waltons. The Waltons would have said more. more. It would right. have been the, the old right. auction where whatever you put up, right. they're putting up their paddle for right. more. So $5 billion he could have done easily, I think. We get the $6.05 billion, That's where maybe you're stretching. Need some help. Bit, right. Right. And, and again, if you want your team to be competitive, you want an owner who bought the team, stroke of the pen, and you want an owner who can run the team, stroke of the pen. We want this guy, stroke of the pen. Yeah. We want that guy, stroke of the pen. We don't have to <clears throat> defer signing bonuses. We don't have to do guaranteed salaries in lieu of signing bonuses like the Buccaneers do. Exactly. We want somebody who's got the full liquidity right. to do business as easily and effectively as possible so we win all of the jump balls for free agents. That's what you ultimately want to do. You want your financial condition to never put you in a position where you're going to lose a jump ball for free agents. That yeah. would be my concern if I'm a commander's fan. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. That's fair. to. I mean, as we, we've discussed this before, there, there, there's it's one of the unspoken advantages, disadvantages in the NFL, right? I have – Coaches talk about it all the time, you know, that, oh, yeah, this team, well, yeah, their owner has all this money. He can cut that check right away. They can give this guy a signing bonus of this and, and make it more lucrative. That's, it's part of the competitive aspect of football that doesn't get talked about a whole lot, but certainly is a real thing. 
with, hey, just think about the Raiders, right? When they traded Khalil Mack, that's the, to me, the, 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 the best example of all. Yeah, they traded away Khalil Mack. One, I don't think he wanted to be there. But two, they couldn't pay him what he was, what the market was going to pay a player like Khalil Mack. They couldn't write him the guaranteed or the signing bonus for $50 million right away. And that was the reason that kind of fell apart. So, yeah, it's a very real thing. But, yeah, like you said, the NFL, I think, and, and really all of us, NFL fans, we're all so ready to get rid of him. We'll do anything. But, but, but see, that's where yeah, it could be trouble. yourself yeah. into a spot where five years from now you're saying, why hasn't this, why hasn't this worked? Yeah, I know. We, we got rid of Dan Snyder, but right. why is the team not Yeah, bad? right. That's what the pro- There's going to be a honeymoon period here. Yeah, yeah, sure. And at some point it's going to end. I know. And at some point these fans will have expected that the team will have been better. What if at the end of the day that graphic we showed it doesn't show a significant trend no. in the direction of the team being better? Then can't maybe, be well, worse. Maybe That's Bezos. What I maybe think it should have been Bezos. Yeah, right. Maybe it should have been Bezos. Yeah. No, it's. it's I said this last. I think I said this last week. If I'm Bezos, I, why am I screwing around with? Yeah. I I had this epiphany as it related to the Commanders because the Seahawks are going to be for sale probably next year. Why do I want the Commanders when I can just get the Seahawks? And at a certain point, if I'm one of the only guys that can just show up and say bag of money, right? Why don't I try to buy one of the, good, the really good teams? Well, less Why don't I try to buy the Chiefs? Why don't I make Clark Hunt an offer he just can't refuse and just take over the Chiefs? I mean, if you're going to get in, you might, right? you're right. If you got $120 freaking billion, dollars, yeah. why are you screwing around with what one will, of the fringe what teams? Will why Clark are you Hunt not backing If you why? offer him $9 billion, Stop. what, what about $12 billion? Yeah. What will he do? Clark, you want $12 billion? <laughs> you want to cash out $12 billion? <laughs> What does he say? It's I easy to say, I'm not selling. Right. It's a lot harder when you throw a little more on and yeah. a little more on. There's a certain point where you're going to say yes. There's a certain point where you're going to say. There's a certain point where you're crazy to say anything other than yes. Yeah, Let's take sure. a break. Um, Zadarius Smith out of the NFC North. We're going to begin our series of looking at the best non-quarterbacks in each division, starting with the division that Zadarius Smith has exited, the NFC North. We'll do that next year on PFT Live. Around any corner. Within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. You know, 
This could solve the whole problem of dumping the hot water into the garbage. Food or beverages not allowed in studio. No food or beverages allowed in studio. Yeah, well, that's a bunch of BS. I see crumbs and crap on this table all the time. People are eating here all the time. All I know is to the extent that we're trying to strike this balance between the ethical dilemma of this crazy-ass notion that your coffee is somehow going to be better if water that is hot is poured out of it just before the coffee is poured in. Right. And the yes. inconvenience to the people who are here busting their asses to keep the place clean right. by pouring water into a little office-sized garbage right. can, the thing that would ultimately tip the scales would be no food or beverages allowed in this studio. Yeah, well, they say rules are meant to be broken. And damn, I'm drinking a coffee at 7 a.m. in the morning, so they can kiss my butt with that sign, okay? Or, or rules are meant to be completely ignored. Yeah, or as ignored. if they don't even exactly exist. Exactly right, exactly right. Uh, yes, yes. And I don't know. I mean, I thought plastic bags are supposed to be able to hold stuff, and we just put them in another plastic bag. Is it that horrible of a thing to do? Jeez. All right. uh, one rule that we must adhere <laughs> what? to is the moment where the show ends because it's ending regardless Damn, of whether we're done or not yeah uh, it's because you're having such a great time i am as you're here best non-quarterbacks in the nfc north go okay justin jefferson Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, why did I give you the first pick? I don't know why. I was here today. I was shocked you even said that. I thought you might go, well, today I'll take the first pick. I was expecting to hear that. I'll go Aiden Hutchinson. Okay. I mean, there aren't a ton of star players, frankly, in the the NFC You definitely realize that, right? There's a lot of good, but there's not ones that you go like, oh, it's easy just to pick like the six stars, right? Or there's 10 stars to pick up. No. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to We're getting you. deep cuts here pretty quickly. We, we, we are. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to think I'm going to follow that with Jair Alexander. I'm going to go with the best corner in the division, and Jair Alexander, is, he's pretty damn special. Wow. Yeah. Boom. Wow. It gets difficult very quickly. I guess I'll have to go with Amon Ra St. Brown. Amon Ra? Because he has uh, been just – it's just funny how no matter what he does, he doesn't get noticed the way that yeah. he should. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL. He is. He didn't come in with a high pedigree. Amon Ross St. Brown. Amon Ross St. Brown. See, it would help to get his name right. Did I say Amon Ross? <laughs> Amon Ross St. Brown is my pick. And now we are suddenly back on track. We can take Look a break and we can wrap up the draft right after this. All right, those are the picks so far. The best non-quarterbacks in the NFC North. I got two Lions. Chris has a Viking and a Packer. You gonna put a bear up there? We I'm, don't have a bear. I am. I'm spreading the wealth a little bit. I mean, I am. I'm gonna give give everybody a little love here. I'm going to DJ Moore now. I mean, DJ Moore, the guy they traded. You know, the the Chicago Bears acquired him from trading the first pick to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, you, you've heard me say it for a number of years. I, I think he's a superstar. I mean, he's if he was on a better team the last few years with a top end quarterback and offense, he'd be a household name. Uh, he's phenomenal. I think he'll jump into some more households this year on the Bears. Amazing when you look at the NFC North. There isn't really a cluster of star players. No. But 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 yeah. three teams from the NFC North were tabbed for multiple Thursday night short week games this year, despite the fact that there aren't a lot of star players in the NFC North. I'll go Christian Darrisaw, the Vikings tackle, who yeah, I, you know, he, had, he had concussion issues last right. year, but he – that's a winner for them. That's a guy that anchors their offensive line. Definitely. And, uh, uh, if you got he stays two good healthy, tackles there. Yeah, if he stays healthy, the, the, they can they can do some good things. Yeah, uh, agreed. I mean, he's he's got the potential to be one of the better pass protecting left tackles on all of football. 
you know, Bakhtiari is another guy that's there, but he's been injured, right? It's like, what, what exactly is he, right? He's ready to move on. You know, too. it he's seems to, like it. Feels like, yeah. Penny Sewell's another lineman that's coming up in the uh, – there, there's some young, unproven guys in the NFC North. I think that's what you look at with the Christian Watsons and the Chase Claypools and TJ Hawkinson's just jumping on the scene here. You know, so I think there's a lot of that in this division to be had. Well, let's do it again tomorrow. Let's do it. But that's it. That's it until the season starts. That, I, I, I'm not coming back. Why? I don't know. Well, I mean, I'll be here on Mondays, but I'll be all by myself. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, no, maybe not. I don't know. Some some people are saying some things. Maybe I'm not working Sunday nights. I don't know. Oh, really? I don't know. Well, I'm, makes, I'm hearing rumors, it, so that, I don't know. That So I might be back in the I'll fall be, with you on Monday. If you're back on Mondays, yeah. I will be here every Monday during the season. Okay, I'll that's make awesome. That deal with you. All right, don't bring that shirt, though. Pizza, pizza surprise. I'm going to wear it every <laughs> freaking week, okay. and I'm going to sweat in it beforehand. <laughs> oh, great. Tomorrow. <laughs> See you. <ya. laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.